from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, a true story of courage that aims to dissolve taboo subjects, including child abuse. I chat with an Ipswich woman who wants to allow other victims to start a conversation. Keep listening to hear Karen Weber's story. It's Thursday, December 3, 2020, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Karen Webber didn't have what you'd call a normal upbringing, although probably more normal than we realise. She was the victim of child sexual abuse. This secret stayed with her until recently, when she decided it was time to redefine who she was and start a whole new journey and not let the past define who she is. Thanks for joining Ipswich today, Karen. Thank you very much, Alan. Today you run a successful business after many years of hard work as a hairdresser in Ipswich, And now you're turning your experience into a new book, aptly titled Dangerous Animals in the Home. It's a deeply personal story. Where did it begin? I'd like to say that I'd have to say that I'm brave enough to be speaking up at the moment simply because after hairdressing for, at the time it was around 30, 32 years, that I've listened to so many other people's stories that I'd have to say that's a big part of my courage of defining who I am right now and knowing that there's so many people out there with it's exactly what you just said Alan we don't want to think of this as normal but it's probably a lot more normal than what we all like to think or know and I love internationally how the conversation of incest pedophilia any form of abuse is actually becoming conversation and my book is The main part of my book for me is to help us all get to the other end safely without destroying each other in the the process because, as we all know, whether you come from a narcissistic person, parent, or uh, in my example of a sexual abusing parent, it could be someone who bashes you, at the end of the day we all get socially defensive and put up all these protective mechanisms and then we start hurting each other. And we're not even meaning to do it. And that is what my the outcome of my book I want it to be about is empathy and how we get through this with kindness. Well, you mentioned the fact that you talk to a lot of people in the role of hairdresser. And, you know, there's it's a standing rule that if you want to know what's going on in town, you go to the hairdressers to find out. Mostly light, fun stuff. You've obviously heard other people's darkest secrets and so from that time, that must have been sort of gnawing away at you to, to tell oh, your story? Alan, it's like you're, you were there. There's been many times when I was younger as a hairdresser, I would hear people's stories. Like I've been working for myself since 95, so it's a smaller salon, boutique So every now and then you get the opportunity to have that one-on-one time with people where you really get to explore who they are and vice versa. Like 
I share myself with my clients as much as they've shared with me and that's probably why we have such great relationships. And there's been times where I've heard stories and for some, and anyone who's been in my position will know, I would have shut down where I could hear their story and not even think of mine and I have this incredible kindness and sadness for them but seriously it was probably my subconsciousness taking over and feeling my own sadness also and then listening to other people's stories it just starts to open up your mind more and more and more memories flood back and memories flood back for me my defining moment of probably losing it was my sister decided to start having babies and I didn't want history to to repeat itself so I started heavily drinking and told a friend while I was quite drunk and from that day forward I started seeing a psychiatrist and that was when my floodgates were open. Everyone has a moment where it pops. Mm. And how did you transition from those thoughts to actually wanting to write a book? (gasps) Oh, my goodness. That not for a million years, even probably three years ago when I was writing, did I think I could say, confidently the words incest or pedophile to anyone um it has been a process and i think the more you discuss something as anything goes the more you talk about some type of hurt the less impact it has and that is why conversation must happen we cannot empower it as a secret or non-conversation anymore because that's their power the secret The secret is an abuser's power. So we need to cut that down and make it less. And that happens through conversation. The book you're planning, it's not quite published yet. How did you connect with the publisher that you're going with? I'm so, so, so fortunate. I came across a lady called Alison McGrath many years ago and we started a friendship and our friendship grew and grew. We've been to each other's houses, weddings, celebrated many things together. And she could see at the time that I was struggling writing, um, most of my friends knew that, and she sat with me and started untangling my words and putting it together And with the encouragement of another girlfriend, Leonie Harris, who is a psychologist and um, head of the Inala one, she um, encouraged me also. And Alison introduced me to the publisher's ORP, Ocean Reeves Publications, and then I entered it into a competition and not in a million years did I think I would, but I won and they're holding my hand and taking me on the publication journey. The book's not published yet, as I mentioned. Can you walk us through what you've got so far? Well, we've done probably about 15 to 20 edits, full edits, and now we're at the part where they've taken over the book and they're doing all the public um, punctuation and all the tidying up and all that type of stuff. We're sending it out to a few people and we're getting some wonderful reviews and support and... um, Yeah, so at the moment it's about letting my town know what's going on. Hopefully everyone's going to rally around because it's a major topic that makes a community stronger and that's one thing I've always loved about Ipswich is loyalty and the community spirit. So I'm hoping to have a lot of support here so then that way the book can grow. 
And I would love for, this is my secret little dream, there's two women walking down the road and they're listening to each other talk about the book. They're up to chapter three and they're saying, oh, my goodness, I can't believe she actually said that or told people that. And that conversation alone opens their door to share their skeletons with. I heard you speak in front of an audience recently. You spoke of your passion for living in Ipswich and the strong sense of community that we have, and your in, your enthusiasm was infectious to help others. Where do you draw your strength to do this? I'd have to say, firstly, my mother, who has done nothing but empower me as an independent person to be nothing but my best, and I love that. She encouraged me to travel. She encouraged me to be an individual. She took us to pantomimes, to plays, to musicals. And coming from a state school background, that wasn't the normal back then. And then from there, I did do a little bit of travelling with everyone's encouragement. And I came back and I settled back in my hometown, Ipswich, where in 1995 I opened up my own business And we have the most amazing people here in Ipswich to do nothing but encourage you. I really believe that if you're in Ipswich, whether you go to a state school, you come from an abused background, you've done it a little bit tough, the opportunity here is unbelievable. You can still be whoever you want to be. It's an affordable town. We have lots of support in our community, sports, schools. it's up to you whether or not you want to live in your past or you want to take hold of what there is on offer. You're so right there, Karen. Uh, talk to us about the starting of your, your own business. I'm presuming you were quite young when you opened the doors. I did. I opened it up in, like I said, 1995 and I was making $12 a day going <laughs> home and That's bawling some... my eyes oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> So I worked long hours, as anyone in small business knows, that's the only way you do it. And it is loyal people in Ipswich to this day who have stuck by me. Um, most of my clients come from at least a 20-year client years of supporting me, and I don't know how you thank people like that. You can do it right now. No, I want to say thank you, everyone. <laughs> the book, is there a timeline for when the book will be published or that's too soon to call? I think it's too soon to call, but if I was to make a call, um, not knowing, it would have to be probably March or April, I think they're thinking of. You've established a website to help raise awareness of the book, and you've taken on something that I sense is not coming naturally to you, and that is public speaking. So you're getting yourself out and about, and you want to do more of that? Definitely, I think the more freely I'm speaking and opening up other people's minds and whether they're just like what I was like back in my 20s, I'd hear someone's story and it would just secretly sit with me. And even that of the comfort of not knowing you're alone, I'd like to touch people that way. Then there'll be people who will be in their 30s that are ready to open up those floodgates and let it out. And I'd like to help hold their hand a little bit so that they know that they don't have to be so angry, they don't have to be so defensive. We can get through this because what happened isn't today. Karen, it's marvellous hearing your story. And in the show notes, we'll put the website and contact details. So if there's any community organisations out there who'd like you to come along and speak to their members, they can get in touch with you 
and it sounds like you'll be there with bells on. Thank you so much for your support, Alan. And, yeah, I'd love for people to join the website. Thanks for chatting with Ipswich today. Thank you, Alan. In the next episode, Council re-establishes a Safe City Advisory Group after a previous steering committee was dismantled while Council was under administration, plus a couple of other key decisions made at November's Ipswich City Council meeting. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button at the bottom of the page. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.